Fury from the Deep, Episode 1. particular story took place when I was in my first regenerative form, when I seemed to roam the universe tripping over things, generally getting in the way, and often making some rather silly mistakes. Actually, at the time, it was quite good fun. This time, the TARDIS had once again brought Jamie, Victoria, and myself to the planet Earth, that tiny blue jewel which circles the star known as Magda 3974. For some reason, the time machine had materialized just above the surface of the North Sea, and although I attempted to reposition it to a more suitable landing site, the TARDIS slowly, stubbornly settled onto the water with an aggravating plop. While Jamie and Victoria dragged a small rubber dinghy from the storeroom, I switched on the viewing screen. I always liked the easy jobs. Outside, the sea was calm and the sun shone. Oh. If only the day had remained as pleasant as the weather. With the dinghy in the water, we paddled for dry land. And so saying, I threw a handful of foam into his face. Well, it did need washing. Jamie then retaliated as Victoria joined in with great scooped handfuls. Moments later, we were covered in the stuff. Our fun would have continued, but Jamie pointed out a huge pipe which emerged from the sand and disappeared into a nearby rock face. As we crossed to the pipe, a man watched us from behind a nearby rock. I then noticed a small black box fitted to the top of the pipe, which got the better of my curiosity. Clasping its lid firmly, I tried to open it. Will it not budge? No, it won't touch it, I'm afraid, Jamie. Oh, well, have to use this. What's that? It's a sonic screwdriver. Never fails. Now, 
neat, isn't it? Hmm? All done by sound waves. Now, what have we got here? Oh, yes. What is it? What's that noise? I don't know, Jamie. I took out a stethoscope and applied it to the control box I'd uncovered. Deep within the pipe, I could hear what sounded like a... like a heart beating. I can hear it too. Yeah. Probably only throbbing from a pump, you know. Doctor, please hurry up. I don't like this place. It's so quiet. Feel as if we're being watched. All right, Victoria. Victoria was right. We were being watched. And the man who watched us had a gun loaded with tranquilizer darts. One for each of us. Strong hands lifted our tranquilized bodies and dumped us unceremoniously in some sort of control room. Standing nearby were two men. Badges pinned to their breast pocket declared they were controllers and that their respective names were Robson and Harris. Doctor? Victoria? Jamie, you there? Oh, I think so. Uh, I can't move. My legs. What happened? What do you want? Would someone kindly tell us where we are, please? Why don't you answer? Come on, where are we? It's done. I can't move. I think we've been we've been tranquilized, Victoria. Eh? Tranquilized. Who do they think they are? Philip, you should be asking the questions. I shall expect quite a lot of answers. Now, what is this place? You mean you don't know? Oh, I could only just get up. I shouldn't try if I were you. You know, in this position, it's just, just a little difficult to communicate. Shall we give them some U4, sir? Eh? Yes, do that, sir. Oh, I think it's all right. I think it's the antidote. Anyway, there's nothing we can do about it, you know. It's all right. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Oh. You were on the beach by the pipeline in a restricted area. Now, why? We were lost, that's all. You were tampering with the emergency release valve remote control. You're a saboteur. It's not. The doctor. I can assure you... I was only being curious. I don't really see how they could have had anything to well, do with Well, I want your opinion, impression. Harris. I'll ask for it. Meantime, lock them up in one of the cabins. I'll interrogate them later. And you lot, get back from work. Is he always as charming as that? We've something of an emergency on at the moment. You see, we've just lost contact with one of our rigs at sea. Do you mean communications have broken down? No, that's what's curious about it. As far as we can tell, our video link is functioning normally. The crew just aren't answering. You can't blame us for that, surely. There's also been a drop in pressure in the feed lines from the rigs. Uh, you were seen tampering with a release valve on the pipeline. I told you I was really being curious. Were you? Are you calling us liars? Oh, no, but you must admit your sudden appearance here inside our restricted area is suspicious. 
no reason to shoot us down like animals. Maybe not, but we were under a security alert, and Mr. Robson's, well, under considerable pressure himself. Uh, I'm sorry, but I shall have to do as he says and lock you up. Uh, would you uh, follow me? As we were led away, I couldn't but help notice how many emergency lights were flashing on a control panel. Whatever the problem, it was certainly very big. And such was the accompanying panic. Even the assistant controller's wife couldn't freely move around. May I see your pass, please, madam? Pass? I have instructions that no one is to leave or enter the compound without a written pass from Chief Robson. Not until after the emergency. But you know who I am. My husband is second in command to Chief Robson. Yes, Mrs. Harris, I know. Then let me pass. Please. Sorry, madam. I think you should return to the residential block. I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do to help you until you tell us what you were doing with that release valve on the pipeline. It wasn't the valve I was interested in. Oh, I heard a movement coming from inside the pipes. A movement? Uh, oh, it's all right. You can go. Yes, movement. Uh, don't ask me what it was. Well, I'm not quite sure what you're trying to suggest, but I can assure you marine life couldn't possibly get inside the pipeline tube. It would never get past the drilling pumps. Yeah, that's a maybe. But there was something inside that tube because I had it too. And so did I. But if the pressure is down in the pipes, perhaps that's the reason why. Perhaps marine life has got into the pipes. Oh, it's impossible. We spent years of time, money and research into perfecting our emergency systems. Or perhaps there's a fracture in the pipes, a, a break, and uh, something's got in that way. Oh, I doubt it. Uh, Mr. Harris, I don't wish to uh, appear interfering, but don't you think it would be a good idea to turn off the gas, at least until you've had a chance to check? Oh, Chief Robson would never agree to that. Why not? Well, he doesn't believe in working to the book. He prides himself that the flow has never been shut off ever since he took charge. He sounds a very silly man. Mm, but he appears to be right about one thing. You seem to know quite a lot about our business. Back in the control room, things were becoming even more fraught. Price, the communications officer, had managed to contact Mike Carney, supervisor of drilling Rig D. Come in, Rig D. Come in, please. Rig D, can you hear me, please? Yes, PHQ. I can hear you. Carney, what the dickens is going on out there? Everything's quite all right, Mr. Watson. What? We have the situation under control. Will you speak up, man? I can't hear a word you're saying. Don't worry. Will you speak a little louder, Mr. Carney? Everything is on the... Carney! What happened to the emergency crew we sent you? Have they arrived yet? Yes. Yes. But they must stay here for the time. Do what? We've had a slight accident. Two men out of action. Now listen, Carney. You get that rig fixed, A1, and quick. But it will take some time. What? What did you say? What's wrong with it? I don't know, sir. It must be there, Andy. You seem to be whispering. Everything's under control. Carney, speak up, man. Everything's under control. Carney! Everything's under control. Carney! I think we've lost contact again, sir. Well, fix it, man. Price is getting too old for his job. Mr. Robson, I think we should turn off the gas flow coming in from the rigs and make a check. You think what, Mr. Harris? Well, that doctor chap, the stranger, he said he heard a movement coming from inside the pipeline on the beach. Oh, did he now? Did he say what he thought it was? Mice? Even the chief engineer had to chip in his two penneth of doom. 
She's down a further three. Pressure's just on 157. Are you sure? Yes, sir. That means the gas flow pressure is down at the rate of 3% every 20 minutes. Doesn't this prove that something must be blocking the pipeline? It proves nothing of the sort. It's probably a faulty gauge. That's all. Check. Look, at least give us the benefit of the doubt. When you want to find out about pipelines and rigs, Mr. Harris, the thing to do is to go out to sea and work on them. Look, I'm merely saying that if something has got into the tube, then... You let me worry about that. Mr. Robson, please listen. Look, this ties up with what I've been trying to tell you. For three weeks now, there's been a regular and increasing build-up and fall in pressure. Look, I think you should at least look at my calculations. The time ratios of the increases and falls correspond to form a definite progressive pattern. So, I'll get them. What are you trying to prove, Harris? That I don't know my job? No, sir, just that I do know mine. And while they argued, an uninvited hand, wrapped fetchingly in a white glove, was helping itself to a very important file. For breakfast. You think you can baffle me with a little bits of paper, don't you? All right, you go ahead and get them. And I'll show you where you've gone wrong. Did you make a paracheck? Yes, I checked it. It's Seems to be working Doesn't seem to be anything wrong with it. It's gone. The, the file's gone. Well, well, well. Has it now? I'm sure I put it in here this morning. I must have left the file in my desk at home. I'll go home and You get won't. It. You'll stay here. I'm not doing your job as well as my own. What's the matter, sir? Are you scared that I might prove you wrong? No, you go ahead. But you better have something more than a high-flown theory, because if you haven't, I'm going to take you and chop you up in little pieces and throw you back to your crummy little university. All right? Meanwhile, in the cabin where we were being held, Jamie was amusing himself by standing on my shoulders. He seemed to think he could escape through a grill above the door. I've got it. Uh, put that down, Victoria. Uh, can you see anyone? All clear. Do you think you can make it? Of course I can make it. Hold on. Don't bother, Jamie. And do it with this. What will I have, Pin? Don't be daft. Clumsy. In a nearby corridor, Mrs. Harris had caught up with her husband. Maggie, where have you been? I've been trying to contact you. I was on my way to the village, but Robson's camped down on security. I'm just coming to find you to get a pass. Yes, there's been a bit of a flap on that. Well, can I have a pass? Not at the moment. Look, could you do something for me? Yes, what is it? There's a file. It's probably in the middle drawer of my desk in the study. Could you get it and bring it to me at the control room? All right, darling. What's the panic? Look, I'll explain later. Don't be long. All right, darling. <laughs> no, he's not. Are you ready, Jamie? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and as Jamie fell into the corridor... Victoria's pin worked its magic, and we were able to walk freely through the open door. Don't you not to bother. Oh, sorry about that, Jamie. Mrs. Harris had dutifully gone in search of her husband's missing file, and although it had been stolen from the control room, it was exactly where it should have been if Harris had really forgotten it. Most surprising. And so was the clump of seaweed, all wet and slimy, that was inside the file. Picking it up to throw it away, the seaweed suddenly came to life and tightly wrapped itself around Maggie's hand. Peter Van Lutsens was the refinery's technical advisor 
like so many of the crew, he didn't get on with the egregious Robson. I could well understand why. Mr. Robson. Mr. Robson. Could I speak with you, please? And luncheons? I thought you were out of the control, Rick. I just come back on the supply boat. Something wrong? I'm not quite sure. The men out there seem very restless. Restless? What are you talking about? You lost contact with Rick B, didn't you? Yes, it was only a temporary halt. We regained contact within the hour. Well, why didn't you tell us that? Unusual incidents like that only cause tension on the rigs. Don't tell me what happens out of the rigs. I spent four years on one of those things without a break. Then you should know better than anyone how important it is to keep up the morale of the crews. What do you want me to do? What their noses for them? Mind your own business, Van Lutchens. Mr. Robson... I think you are forgetting that we also have an interest in Eurosea gas. We? I'm here for the Dutch government, not for myself. You're here to offer me your expert advice, not to spread alarm amongst my crews. How dare you say that to me? I didn't ask you to come here. It was Megan Jones and those fools on the board. I said it wouldn't work and it never has. Only because you are too proud to accept advice. Let's get one thing straight, my friend. When I need your advice, I'll ask for it. Verdomme. Victoria, Jamie and I had made our way to the communications area. With our noses pressed hard against the windows, we could overhear almost everything that was being said. Control. Chief Baxter, control rig. Mr. Robson there? Yes, sir. Mr. Robson's up? Yes. Chief Baxter, control rig, sir. Yes, Baxter, what is it? Mr. Lutton's arrived there yet, sir. Yes, why? He have told you how the men feel, sir. Now, listen, Baxter. I'm in charge of this outfit. Not Ben Lutton's. You take your orders from me, not him. Yes, sir. But there's something else. What else? Something seems to have gone inside the pipeline. Inside the pipeline? They've all heard it. Heard what? This sound. First, I thought it was something to do with the pumps, but it isn't. It's a peculiar sound. It's a regular thumping, pulsating. Like a heartbeat. That's the noise I heard on the beach. What is it, Doctor? I don't know. We've got to find out. Come on, Jamie. Oh, uh, Victoria, no. Not you. Why not? I think it'd be better if you, uh, if you stay back in the, in the bunk room. Hmm? Please. All right. Oh, um, Victoria. <laughs> but, of course, she didn't take any notice of me. As soon as my back was turned, she was off making her own inquiries. <clears throat> Strange as it may seem, Mrs. Harris's encounter with the seaweed had made her feel quite unwell. Control? Mrs. Harris here, married block 420. Could I speak to my husband, please? Have you recalibrated? Well, I've just done phase two. You'd better start on phase three. Uh, Mr. Robson? Yes, Harris, where are your figures? Oh, um... Well, I, I haven't got them, sir. I... I sent my wife for them, but she's not well. I wondered if I could go and... No, I would not. You tell her to call a doctor, not pester you. Um, but Dr. Patterson is still out at Rig D, sir. Well, tell her to get one in from outside. Um, but you've still got the compound on uh, full emergency alert, remember? All right. But make it quick. In an oxygen bottle storeroom... Again, naughty white-gloved hands were at work, breaking seals, 
turning on gas taps and generating havoc. In the corridor outside, Victoria cautiously made her way. Somewhere ahead, there was a noise which scared her. Desperate for a place to hide, she slipped into the oxygen store a moment before the urgent footsteps of Harris passed by. She smiled, pleased with her silly subterfuge. But her satisfaction was short-lived as she began to gag on escaping gas. Quickly, she searched the leaking bottles and turned them off. It was then that she realized she wasn't alone. Suddenly, a shaft of light burst in from the corridor as the door was thrown open. For a moment, a tall, thin man dressed in a white boiler suit and wearing a gas mask was outlined as he rushed from the room. A moment later, a key was turned and Victoria was a prisoner. In the corridor, mounted on the wall, was a unit for controlling the temperature inside the storeroom. With fine, dexterous movements, white gloves manipulated the control to read emergency ventilation. Meanwhile, Jamie and I were reconnoitering. What's that thing supposed to do? It's an impeller, Jamie. It pumps gas from the main pipeline out at sea. Come on. Is this the pipeline there? Yes, yes, they all are. It's a continuation of the pipe that we, that we found on the beach. Unfortunately, Victoria's skill with a pin had this time failed her. Hello? Is anybody there? Oh, come on. The noise caused Victoria to turn. Pouring through the ventilator was a mass of foam, not unlike that we had played with on the beach. But this time, the foam was far from innocuous. Victoria watched helplessly as tendrils of the weed creature emerged from the foam, slashing and tearing at the air. Inexorably, the thing moved closer and closer and closer.
episode two. Jamie and I ran as fast as possible towards Victoria's scream. I peered through the grill of the oxygen storeroom and saw that Victoria had collapsed. Instantly, a brawny young Highlander and a very tired Time Lord threw themselves at the door. As we crashed into the room, Robson, Van Lutchens and the chief engineer came running along the corridor. Deep breath. Take deep breath. Hang on here. We'll let you free out of the cabin. Rumpel in here. Gas. Check it, then. Find out what it is. Horrible creature. Creature? Didn't you see? I was in there. Came straight towards me. Come up and see me. So many horrible things happened. And then I came. All right. Creature, the girl's hysterical. Robson. They're empty. Seals are broken. Why were you in there? I, I, I was hiding. I heard someone coming, so I went in. This door is always kept locked. You broke in. You emptied those cylinders, didn't you? Oh, no, no. It was open and someone locked it behind me. She's telling the truth. The door was locked from the outside. Yes, it was locked. <laughs> this room wasn't full of oxygen when we came in here. Oh, another gas of a <laughs> toxic composition. All right, if it was a poison gas, where did it come from? Right up there. <laughs> Did you open the ventilator? No, it opened by itself. Then whoever locked you in must have opened it. How? From here? What is it, love? I don't know. I feel so dazed. My hand. Let me see. You're right. What happened? I don't remember. You said you were stung or something. Did I? I did. Yes, yes, it must have been. I went to get the file you asked for, put my hand inside, and then... All right, my love. I still and rest. Shall I get you some food? A glass of milk or something? I... You couldn't even boil an egg. You shouldn't have married a scientist, then. Maggie! Darling! 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 Maggie! But her mind was focused elsewhere dominated by the alien sounds that throbbed in her brain. On the patio outside the bedroom was a ball of foam. Within the mess lurked a clump of alien vegetation. As bubbles burst on the weed's tendrils, toxic fumes were released, drifting upwards into the nose and mind of its victim. As though attached to powerful springs, Maggie's eyes suddenly snapped open. What is it, love? What's the matter? I don't know. I just feel... I'd better get you a doctor. I'll go back and see if Dr. Patterson's returned yet from Rigby. Will he be all right? I think so. Well, if he isn't back, there's this other doctor. He might be able to help her. I won't be long. With Harris gone, the alien re-exerted its control over Maggie. 
Slowly, painfully, she climbed off the bed and descended the stairs and entered the kitchen. Inside her head, the noise of a creature pulsated, and she clutched her ears in agony. On the verge of fainting, she leaned against the table, but just as she felt she couldn't stand any more, the sound suddenly stopped. Confused and bewildered, Maggie stood in the middle of the kitchen, wondering how she'd got there. Meanwhile, in the impeller area, Robson, Van Lutchens, and the chief engineer were also confused. So what's the panic? It's the pump, sir. The revs have dropped. Pump is slowing down? Yes, she's not holding steady even now. I don't understand it. Well, don't stand there thinking about it, man. Do a complete check. Excuse me. May I say something? <laughs> when I was in the pipe room a short while ago, I'm sure I heard a movement coming from inside the pipes. What kind of movement? Well, the same as I heard on the beach, a sort of thumping sound. But that's what they heard out of the rigs. What you heard and what everybody else heard was a mechanical fault somewhere along the line. Then why did they hear it out at the rig? Because, my friend, underneath this impeller shaft is a vast steel gasometer buried in the earth. It acts like an echo chamber. It'll make the sound of a pin dropping sound like that of a thunderclap. It travels along the pipe. Oh, this wasn't a mechanical sound. All right, then suppose there is something in the pipe. A fish or something. What do you expect me to do about it? You turn off the gas flow, at least until you've had a chance to investigate. That's out of the question. For Mr. Robson, if there is something in the pipe... We do not turn off the flow, and that is final. Mr. Robson, sir. Yes, down another half. Must be a mechanical fault. Get a couple of men and check, men, check. If you allow the pressure to build up in the pipeline, you'll blow the whole rig sky high. Blow us with it. All because you're too stubborn to turn off the gas. All right, what do you think it is? One of these creatures the hysterical girl thought she saw? Well, who knows? Having recovered from her encounter with the creature, Victoria, accompanied by Jamie, had gone to the communications room, where they were now both pestering Mr. Price, the communications officer. You mean to say this place supplies all the gas for the whole of the south of England? And the whole of Wales. Lights for? Well, that's the plan of the entire compound, and each of those lights represents a remote control camera that I can switch through to this screen if I want to look at any particular area. Like this. Oh, oh well, where are all these rigs people talk about? Oh, well, they're out at sea, of course. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, plan over there shows you the relative position of all the rigs under our command. What's the big one in the middle? Well, that's the central control rig complex, the sort of nerve center of the whole thing. The other rig feeds her with gas, and she in turn pumps it to us via the main pipeline, see? How awful to have to live out at sea. Lonely. I don't know. Mr. Robson once spent four years at one of the early rigs without ever going ashore. Aye, that would account for quite a lot. Hey, you. Come in here and get a hand. Doesn't that man ever call anyone by their name? No, it probably means trouble if he does. <laughs> there he is, all right, is Robson. Uh, certainly knows all there is to know about rigs. Right. Has Dr. Patterson returned from Rig D yet? No, sir. Where's your friend, the doctor? In there. Doctor! Doctor, I need your help. It's my wife. She's very ill. Well, I'm not sure that I... You must come. He will not go with you. But this is an emergency. It's my wife. These people are in my custody until I decide what to do with them. But my wife! Don't bring your domestic affairs into the refinery, Harris. That goes for the rest of you. Mr. Robson, my wife is ill. If anything happens to her, I'll... All right. One hour. 
It wasn't Maggie's day. No sooner had she recovered from one bad experience than another rang her doorbell. Mrs. Harris. Yes? We are maintenance controllers, madam. I wonder if we might have a few words with your husband. Oh, my husband isn't here. He's at the compound. Oh, dear. That does make it rather difficult. We've come to carry out an inspection. Inspection? In the kitchen, your husband didn't tell you. No. Couldn't it wait until another day? I'm I'm not feeling very well. I'm sorry, madam. It has to be carried out without delay. Chief Robson's instructions. That man never stops giving instructions, does he? Oh, I suppose you'd better come in, then. Thank you. My name is Mr. Oak, and this is my colleague, Mr. Quinn. Yes, well, please be quick. I'm really not very well. Of course, mm -hmm. madam. Now, don't you worry about us, Mrs. Harris. You won't even know that we are here, will she? The bag, Mr. Quill. Mr. Van Lutchen. The feed line from the control rigs. There's excessive pressure build up in the pipeline. She's almost up to capacity. She'll blow herself wide open. So there's a build up in the pressure coming in from the rigs. And a drop in the pressure in the flow going out to the receiving stations. There must be something interfering with the impeller itself. Yes. This is from Control Rig, sir. They say there's a pressure build-up in their feed line to us. Right, ask them how much, will you? Yes, Almost up to danger level, Mr. Robson. Shall I give the order to turn off the gas? You will not, Mr. Van Lachin. There'll be an explosion any minute. There will not be an explosion. There must be if you don't turn off the gas. Open release valve section D. Full pressure, will you? Oh, what are you doing, man? It's too late for that. You can't possibly release enough gas in time. You want to bet, Mr. Van Lachin? Maggie had retired to bed, leaving Mr. Oak and Mr. Quill to carry out their work. Only their work wasn't repairing gas cookers, as they had said. In the kitchen, Mr. Oak stood staring into space as seaweed flopped from his boiler suit cuff. Mr. Quill smiled and offered him a pair of white gloves, which he slipped on. Oak then crossed to the back door, and as though letting in a pet cat, opened it and allowed weed-bearing foam to pour in. Pleased with their activities, they exchanged another smile. With one rotund and the other paper-thin, they looked like a psychotic Laurel and Hardy. Still silent, 
they went out into the hall, climbed the stairs, and, without knocking, opened the bedroom door. What are you doing in here? Is there something that you want? It was then that she saw the identical, almost idiotic grins on their faces. But they didn't intend any fun or humour. Instead, they opened their mouths and emitted a burst of toxic gas. While at the same time, foam flooded up the stairs and into the bedroom. Maggie coughed and then began to gag on the gaseous billow as the foam moved closer and closer and closer. At the point where my companions and I had first encountered the great pipe, gas also poured from the safety valve. It's down. The pressure in the pipeline. It's back to normal. And Calephala. I wouldn't have thought you could possibly have done it in the time. When you have too much gas in the tube, you release it. Didn't they teach you that much at evening classes back at The Hague, Mr. Van Lutchen? Contact Chief Baxter at Control Rig, will you? Tell him the immediate crisis is over. Oh, and uh, contact the other rig, Chief. So the feed out to the receiving stations is still dropping. The impeller is still flowing now. What's the matter with you, Van Lutchen? You've been trying to teach me my job ever since you came here. I've been drilling for gas in the North Sea for most of my life. I don't need people like you or Harris to teach me how to do it. Mr. Robinson's up. It's sea rigs, sir. I can't raise them. No response at all. So, the immediate crisis is over, yeah? Maggie, I brought the doctor. Oh, no, I smell gas. There's gas in this house. Uh, Somebody in here. Oh, Maggie, get in. Get in the window. Maggie. I'm sorry, sir. I can't breathe. them. Well, are you pleased with what you've done? I'm warning you, Van Lutchen. I warned you. But you are too copper, too stubborn to listen. Look at the facts, man. The facts. We lose contact with two rigs. Have unprecedented, inexplicable pressure variations for over three weeks. Oh, so that's it. You've been talking with Harris, eh? Yeah, Mr. Harris did show me his figures. Only because you refused to listen to him. That's why I went out to the control rig. To see if there was an explanation out there. And what did you find? Nothing. I'll tell you why. Because there's nothing to find. All the same, Mr. Harris's figures A are... bunk! Like the rest of his chuck-nately tinfoil ideas. Still a schoolkeeper, he's bit the paper in his graph and he's... A slide rule. You think I'm going to take any notice of him? I know every nut and bolt on every one of those rigs out there. All right. So your prejudice prevents you accepting Mr. Harris's calculations. But what about me? Do you treat my opinion with as much contempt? You? You are here to offer me your expert advice, but I'm not obliged to take it. I run this outfit the way I think fit. Is that understood? Mr. Robson, the impeller. Quick, two men. Down to 140 rams. Something must be jamming it at the base. Well, Mr. Robson, where do they go from here? Come on now, you have all the answers, don't Quiet you? Wait a minute, quiet. What is it? I think I can hear something. 
I closely examined Mrs. Harris. Although she was alive and showed no sign of physical harm, I was nevertheless concerned about her psychological state. After all, healthy people don't usually collapse after a close encounter with seaweed. No, 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 no. What's the matter with her? Well, she's in some sort of coma, possibly because of this gas that was toxic. It isn't possible there could have been a gas leak in the flat. Besides, natural gas isn't toxic. Well, this isn't natural gas. This is the gas we found when Victoria was locked in the oxygen room. But where could it have come from? I don't know. What was the matter with her before this happened? Well, she said she'd been stung by some seaweed or something. Seaweed? I asked her to get a file from my study, and she found the seaweed inside it. Did you put it there? Well, no, of course not. Mm. There's no marks or abrasion. No. Doctor. Mm. What's this? What? Oh. The seaweed, what's he doing in here? Well, it's still wet. Perhaps it's the same sort that Maggie was talking about. No, don't touch it. Why? Huh. Well, in the first place, you don't want to get stung like your wife, do you? And in the second place, uh, whoever put it in your file meant you to touch it. But that's ridiculous. Wait a minute. I was sure I put that file in my briefcase this morning, but it wasn't there when I went to get it. I was on my way home when I met Maggie. But why? Why should anyone want me to get stung by a piece of seaweed? Well, I hate the stuff. So slimy and horrid. Oh, away. You've seen seaweed before, haven't you? There's loads of it down by the pipeline this morning. By the pipeline? Hey, the place is overrun with it. Well, not like that. It didn't move. Move? I want them all checked. Every remote control release valve on the line. And check and double-check all those circuits. Excuse me, Chief. Could I have a word with you, please? Yes, of course. Uh, the impeller is still not functioning, yeah? No, it's not. And that sound we heard, have you heard it again? No. As Mr. Robson says, it's probably just a mechanical fault. Do you believe that? Well, it's really not my job to... Oh, that. come on, man. You're the chief engineer. The impeller is your responsibility. It's not my job to formulate theories as Mr. Robson's. Robson, Robson, what's the matter with you? Are you frightened of him or something? No, Mr. Van Lachen. I just respect his judgment. I'm sorry, Chief. Could I have a word with you in private? Well, I... It's important. Check the feed valve. I've been looking at the installation plan and the uh, impeller intake valve in particular. I think I know where the blockage may be. All right. Well, this valve is at the base of the main shaft and leads directly to the intake, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, as far as I can see, there is no point between that valve and the control rig where a blockage could occur big enough to stop the impeller. Apart from the undersea emergency valve. But you've got remote control observation on those, and they are free, huh? Mm. So the impeller intake must be at fault. It's possible. Possible, man. It's the only answer. What we have to do is to go down and free that valve. I'll have to check with Mr. Robson. Robson! Robson! What's the matter with you? Are you children? Can't you do anything on your own initiative? Look, I can't send men down there without his approval. Can you also not blow your nose without approval? Now, listen to me, Mr. Van Lathian. I've worked with Mr. Robson a long time. We were out there on those rigs together in the early days. You may think he's wrong to run this place the way he does, but I trust him. And I take orders from him purely because I trust his judgment. No other reason. I'm sorry, Chief. I, I shouldn't have said that. You forgive me, yeah? Now, what I would like you to do is to go to Mr. Robson and say, we think we know where the blockage is, and get official permission to inspect the base of the shaft. Just a minute, that's your theory, that's not mine. That's the only possibility. 
Anyway, that sound you heard, it must have come from the base of the shaft. But if the main valve were open, it could be an echo from any one of those rigs. If it is open, but you do not know that it is open, and you will not know till you go down and check. Well, I suppose I could put it to him. You're going to tell me that that is a mechanical fault. I'll go see him. He's in his cabin. Chief! What's the matter? Mr. Olsen? That's noisy impeller. It's gone again. Can it move? It's not a living thing, is it? Everything in the sea is living, Jamie. Well, it did move. It gave me a shock. It was like a spider. Yes, well, we're not taking any chances. Hold that for me, will you? What's this for? You have to take a closer look at this weed. I'll bring the bag down here, right onto the floor. That's it. Now, don't let it touch your fingers. Careful. Slowly does it. Mind your fingers. There. What are you going to do with it? We're going to see if an ordinary piece of seaweed really can move. Doctor, my wife, will she be all right? Oh, yes, I think so. I don't think there's any panic, but I'd get her under medical supervision if I did you. Yes, I'll go back to the Medicare Center at the compound and arrange for it to be taken in there. Yes, you do that. All right. Hey, I thought we were supposed to be prisoners. Yes. Mm. So did I. we better make the most of it. Hmm? Got a lot of work to do back at the TARDIS. She seems to be sleeping peacefully. Come on. But I was wrong. If I had looked closer, I might have seen the frond-like weed formation beginning to grow on her hand. What is it? That sound. Uncanny. It's like a heartbeat. 
stopped again. Well, this is surely proof enough. Proof? There's something down there blocking the impeller. Rubbish. Hysterical nonsense. But you heard it, that dreadful sound. I heard a fault in the base of the impeller. But the impeller isn't working. Don't you believe a thing until you see it? I want that pump operational in half an hour. Now get to it. Back at the TARDIS, and with a sample of weed safely stowed in a tank, we were all hard at work. What are you doing, Doctor? Well, you see, Jamie, these two cylinders contain a small amount of natural gas. It should be quite interesting to see what sort of effect it, it has on the weed. How are you doing, Victoria? I don't know. I think you ought to have a look. Oh, yes. Well, that's got the natural iron content. Well, I did the Bunsen test, like you told me. Mm -hmm. But I found something which worries me. Oh, yes, I'm not surprised. Is this hot? No, no. You see this, uh, you see this rusty stuff here? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it means that the weed's giving out a gas. Probably toxic. Toxic? Mm. Hey, hey, Doctor, put these little wriggly things in the weed. Just a minute, Jamie. Looking at little wriggly things. Where? Here, look. Look in there. Jamie. This is it. There's molecular movement. Come and see, Victoria. There. Why, that's amazing. What does that mean? It means, Jamie, that the weed is just as much alive as you and me. Oh, Mr. Harris, I've been trying to get hold of you. Mr. Robson won't listen to reason. I'm sorry, my lieutenant, I've got something more important on my mind at the moment. Important? No, it's important. My wife is here. Get out of my way, Bert. Price. Yes, sir? Is Dr. Patterson back? No, we've heard nothing from D. Richter. Right, get on to the matron at the Medicare unit and tell her to send a couple of orderlies over to my quarters with a stretcher to bring my wife in. She's ill. Medicare unit? Yes, sir. What's the panic now, Harris? Oh, and get on it. Harris, I ask you a question. My wife is ill. She needs medical attention. What's the matter with her? She's got a hangover? She's very ill, Mr. Robson. Who says so, the doctor fellow? Incidentally, where is he? The two kids. Oh, I, well, I left them in my quarters when I found my wife was ill. You what? Those three prisoners were in your charge, and you left them there. I, I was worried about my wife. I didn't have time to think about it. Well, that's your things. trouble. You never do think, do you, Harris, when you should? Those three prisoners were in your charge. I don't care. Don't you understand? My wife was lying on the floor when I got there. She was unconscious, and that smell of toxic gas was there. She's been poisoned, Robson, poisoned. But it's toxic gas. Where did it come from? Oh, I don't know. And none of us will know now you've let them loose. How could they possibly have anything to do with it? That still doesn't alter the fact you let those prisoners go without my authority. Prisoners? A harmless old man and a couple of teenagers. That harmless old man is probably a saboteur. It's probably him that's been tampering with that release valve on the shoreline, creating all those variations in pressure you got so excited about. Oh, don't be so ridiculous, Robson. You're cutting at straws, stupidly blind to the real fact. Don't shout at me, boy! Mr. Robson, sir. Mr. Robson. The impeller, it's moving again. Good man. I told you it was only a mechanical fault, didn't I? It just started quite suddenly. Well, keep it going, man. I don't know if we can... Hold it. Don't lose it now. You fools! You stupid fools! Well, the fault's not this end. It must be jammed at the base. You wanted this, didn't you? It's just what you wanted. You should have listened to me, Robson. What, turned off the flow? Ruined a reputation of 30 years? Reputation? Don't you realize that what is going on here is beyond your comprehension? That whatever it is that's in the pipeline that's jamming the impeller that's taken over the rigs... Is a menace and threat to us all? The only menace and threat around here is you, Van Lutchens. And you, Harris. Listen. What are you staring at? I want that impeller working in half an hour. I'll be in my quarters. 
Let me know as soon as the impeller starts moving again. Vardlos. It's cracking up, Harris. Look, I've got to get back to my wife. Harris, you can't go now. He's losing control. My wife's been poisoned. She's in good hands, yeah. She'll be brought into the Medicare unit. What can you do? But I ought to go and see her. Well, hang about and worry, that's all. Robson is cracking up. You are the only man with authority to take over. We need you here. Chief. Mr. Robson, you know him better than any of us. How do you... Do you think he's all right? Well, he's under a lot of pressure. I think his nerves are a bit... Yeah, pressure. Strain. He's cracking up, I tell you. Well, you're not helping him, you know. That's not my job. I am here to give technical advice which he ignores. All right, he knows a lot about engineering, but not all. And what he does not know is the state of mind of those men out there on the rigs. He ought to know. He was out in those rigs himself long enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has plenty of professional experience of normal conditions. But these are not normal conditions. There is something very strange going on here. But he refuses to accept the new factor. So what, what do you think he should do? I know what I would do. Float the compound, evacuate the rigs. He'd never do it. We have lost contact with two rigs. We have a major blockage in the main pipeline. The impeller is jammed and we still don't know what is causing the trouble. But we regained contact with Baxter on rig D and he said everything was under control. Yeah, and we've not heard from him since. And what about rig C? Well, that could be a telecommunications fault somewhere. Yeah, it could be. But we have to check that it is. And we have to check the valve at the base of the impeller. But what does Robson do? Nothing! Nothing! Well, I suppose he might listen to us if we all put it to him. What do you think, Chief? You're absolutely right, of course. We must check. In the TARDIS, I thumbed through a very dusty reference book. Finding the appropriate page, I showed Victoria and Jamie an illustration of what I thought to be the weed creature. That's it, Doctor. That's the creature I saw back at the compound. Yes, yes, I was afraid it would be. But how did it get in this book? Well, I've told you, Victoria, this is a book of legends and superstitions. And this particular drawing is supplied by ancient mariners and the... North Sea in the middle of the 18th century, Jamie. That's my time. You mean to say this is a creature that Victoria saw back at the campfire? Yes, I think there's no doubt about it. Well, what about these great clumps of weed? Well, there's obviously some connection between the weed and the creatures themselves. Uh, uh, oh, no! Gas! What? <coughs> Jamie! Jamie, help me get the lid on! Oh, no, quickly! <laughs> Covered in foam, the creature's pockmarked tentacles lunged in the direction of Victoria. As we raced to the tank, I saw that the weed had somehow managed to double in size. Yet as we jammed down the lid, the thing began to shrink again. It was most perplexing. I was right. The weed formations are feeding off the natural gas beneath the North Sea and giving off toxic gas. Come on. We must get back to Harris's... Harris's quarter. Come along. Just a minute. That weed went back in its tank very suddenly, didn't it? I wonder why. Come on. No, I will not listen. It's you, Van Lutchens, isn't it? Isn't it? You've been undermining my authority ever since you came here. You and Harris. You've been stirring up trouble just to get at me, haven't you? You even got the chief on your side now. One of my oldest and trusted friends. Mr. Robson. At least I thought I could trust you. Mr. Robson, all I want you to do is... I know what you want. I know what you all want. You're going to get at me. Just all give up. I'm not going to give you that pleasure. Why don't you go and join him? Go and join Van Lutchens. Go and join him. What are you standing around for? What are you standing around for? I'm in charge! I'm in charge here! Mr. Robson, will you? I'm in charge of this compound, Harris! It's my responsibility! Mine! My responsibility! You still think he's capable of running this place? You do what you like. I go and send bastards by people in the hog. What can they do? I don't know. They might push your people in London to some sort of action. Give me direct line to Van der Post Hog Central. 
In the corridor, the white-gloved hand of Mr. Oak operated the emergency vent control. And in Robson's cabin, flecks of foam began to form in the ventilation grill followed by the weed creature's curling mass of tendrils. Slowly, they began to advance towards Robson, and all he could do was scream. As the front door of Mr. and Mrs. Harris's quarters was locked, Victoria kindly helped me through a conveniently opened window. At times, she could be such a sweet person. Well, thank you, Victoria. Yes, nobody here. Better that way. You speak for yourself. I'd rather... Oh, no! They're <laughs> coming from me! Jamie, try the kitchen! Jamie obeyed as we went to check the bedroom. And there it was, a sea of foam and weed creature. But then, as in the TARDIS, the foam, without explanation, began to recede. Mr. Harris had her taken over to the medical centre. At least I hope he did. Doctor! Quick, help me! Uh, Jamie! Jamie! We raced into the kitchen and found Jamie marooned on a table in a sea of foam and weed. Unlike in the bedroom, this time the foam didn't recede. Realising I had to save Jamie before he was overcome by the effects of toxic gas, I rushed back into the hall and tore down the long curtains I found there. With Victoria's help, I quickly knotted them together, returned to the kitchen, threw one end of my improvised rope to Jamie, and watched as he tied it to the leg of the table. Then, with all our might, we pulled, and slowly, very slowly, he started to move towards us. Once in reach, we slid the now semi-conscious Jamie from the tabletop, and half-carried, half-dragged him from the house back to the compound. Meanwhile, Harris had discovered Robson's visitor and was now trying to convince Van Lutchens of what he had seen. It wasn't here. I saw it. You did? Yes, it was moving. Something alive. You don't believe me. Oh, yes, I believe you, Mr. Harris. It must have come out of the ventilator grill, like it did in the oxygen store. Oh, you mean when that girl, Victoria, was locked in? Yeah. Then having achieved its purpose, 
back down the shaft. Purpose? What purpose? Who knows? We know so little about it. And no one tries to find out. No. Least of all, Robson. Yes, he rushed out of here as though he were... He was out of his mind. We better let security. He may do himself some harm. Yes, you're right. At least the stuff won't get out of here. Well, really, Mr. Harris, there must be hundreds of grills in this compound. And once the foam has got into the shaft, it could emerge from any one of them. Because you're right, then we must insist that all emergency ventilators are kept shut. Mr. Harris, you know what you must do now? Do? Assert yourself. Take over the compound. Price. Yes, sir? I want you to alert the security post. Mr. Robson may be ill. I'd like to know his whereabouts. Very good, sir. And order all areas to keep their emergency air vents closed. Understand? Yes, sir. Good. You're taking over, then? Robson is still officially in charge. I have already informed my authorities at the Hark. You must do the same with your director in London. Yes. Price? Yes, sir? Get me to board headquarters. I want to speak to Megan Jones. Are you all right, Jamie? Oh, I've come over dizzy. Well, you just rest a while. Just get my breath back here. Doctor, why is it that we always land up in trouble? Well, Victoria, it's the spice of life, my dear. Oh, well, I'm not so sure. I don't really like being scared out of my wits every second. Is something wrong? Well, I just wish that one... Oh, never mind. You're right, Jimmy. Come on, What's the matter with Victoria? I didn't try to explain. Instead... I helped him to his feet, and we set off towards the communication room. Thank you, Miss Jones. We'll see you then in three hours' time. Goodbye. Three hours, the whole compound will be crawling with board officials. Let's hope the situation doesn't get any more. I only hope Megan Jones understands why I've taken over. It was she who insisted that Robson should know this particular complex in the early days. You did right, I will stand by. You couldn't let Robson go on. You had the men on the rigs to think of. They are now her responsibility. If only we knew what we were up against. These creatures that have been getting into the refinery. Where do they come from? We don't even know what they are. That's where you're wrong, Mr. Harris. We do know what they are. At least I think we do. Seaweed. Seaweed? Yes. Not the sort that you'd normally find on the beach. This seaweed happens to be dangerously alive. Alive? I but think you'd better listen to me. I think you'd, uh, you'd all better listen to me. Large formations of seaweed have been coming up upon the beaches of the, along this coast. Seaweed that shows clear indications of having life like human beings. Is this seaweed that's blocking the pipeline, then? Yes, I think there's no doubt about it. You must clear the base of the impeller. No, wait. The seaweed is capable of protecting itself. It gives off a toxic gas. It's also a parasite. It attaches itself to other, other living things. You mean human beings? But what happens to them? I'm afraid I don't know. But my wife was stung by the seaweed. Ah, yes, but she survived, didn't she? How is she? Oh, I asked the Medicare Center to bring her in. Price, yes, get Medicare for me and ask how my wife is now. Yes, Doctor, I've just seen one of these creature things that your young friend saw in the oxygen room. Oh, well. In Mr. Robson's cabin. It might have attacked him. He was in a wild state when I went in and just ran out. He hasn't been seen since. Oh, dear. Mr. Harris, sir. Yes? The matron said she's sorry. She hasn't brought your wife in yet, but she's sending someone over now. Ah. What? What is it, Doctor. Well, well, we've just come from your quarters. Your wife wasn't there. The place was covered with seaweed. But is this right? Yes, yes, I'm afraid it is. Hey, where is she? Where is she? I must go and find her. Well, where do you think she is? Do you think it has anything to do with this seaweed stuff? 
I, I, I don't know. I, I simply don't know. Down on the beach stood a man and a woman, both with small formations of hair like weed growing on their hands and necks. It was Maggie Harris and Controller Robson. There is little time. You know what you must do. Yes. You will obey. And leaving Robson at the water's edge, Maggie waded into the sea and, as though deliberately drowning herself, slid under the waves. Episode 4 Room, Van Lutchens and Price were decidedly unhappy. Rig D, Rig D, control calling Rig D, come in please. Rig D, Rig D, control calling, come in please. I'm sorry sir, I can't listen. Try Rig A again. Rig A, control calling Rig A. It's no good sir, there's three rigs not answering now sir. The men on the remaining rigs won't last up with suspense much longer. Try the guard post again, see if there's any sign of Mr. Harry. There go. Three rigs now. What can have happened to them? Well, can't you send someone out to investigate? Mm, I'm afraid I have no authority here. I'm just here as technical advisor. Mr. Harris is in charge. When he comes back, he might possibly authorize the company helicopter to at least take a look. We can do nothing. Nothing. Wait, wait. Nothing. Meanwhile, the chief engineer examined the motionless impeller, angry and frustrated that he was unable to repair it. 
Neither did the sudden recurrence of the heartbeat from deep within the pipe help the repair crew's confidence. In a nearby cabin, Jamie and Victoria were resting after their recent ordeal. Jamie? Jamie? Resting my eyes. Now you can with all this trouble going on. I oh, don't worry. Doctor will lock something out, it always does. Yes. What then? What do you mean, what then? Where will we be next? Oh, Victoria, you know better than to ask a question like that. You never know where we're going to land one place to the next. It's half the fun, isn't it? Is it? Victoria, what's the matter? She's been acting very oddly ever since we got here. Oh, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. Look, you'll only worry the doctor. Jamie, I said it was nothing. Just go back to sleep. Well, I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, bit of seaweed. Doctor will work something out. But will he? So many questions. The weed grows. Feeds off natural gas. How fast does it grow? Oh, I'm sorry, Victoria. Did I startle you? Oh. Uh, Jamie? Oh, up there. Uh-huh. Nothing would wake him except a bomb dropping. Oh, good. Doctor, what's happening? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, Victoria. I'm, I'm not sure. Looks so peaceful out there, doesn't it? I heard that noise again. Yes. Well, what are they doing about it? Well, we have to wait. Wait, but... What for? For one of those awful creatures to come and attack us all? Now, Victoria, it's not as bad as all that, you know. Isn't it? Even you don't know really how bad it is, do you? Well, no, not exactly. Every time we go anywhere, something awful happens. Daleks, like the men. Yeti. Yes, and Yeti. Why can't we go anywhere pleasant? Where there's no fighting. Just peace and happiness. I was becoming concerned by Victoria's unhappiness. Of course, she was right. Things had to change. But not before I'd sorted out the rather desperate current situation. On the beach, Harris found a much-changed controller, Robson. Did 
don't mind my saying so, Mr. Van Nochens, I think this is a very bad idea of yours. You don't know what you're up against. Well, you wouldn't catch me down there. Why don't we wait until Mr. Harris comes back, sir? The only way to find out if this uh, reed stuff of yours is blocking the base of the impeller is to go down and look. Look, Mr. Van Nochens, I've no authority to send my men down there. I realize that. That is why I am going down. By yourself? Oh, yes. I wouldn't go to... Well, I hope you know what you're doing, sir. I think so. I, I, I wish you wouldn't do this, Mr. Van Lutton. I can't sit about waiting any longer. I have no position of authority here, but I do have the run of the company installations, and if I can do nothing else, I, I can at least inspect the base of the impeller shaft. Oh, oh dear. Good luck. Well, you'll need it. All right. Lower him down. Slowly, the lift descended. As I gazed down into the gloom, I could see the beam from the engineer's torch bobbing around the wall of a shaft. The lift stopped, and nervously, Van Lutchens climbed out. Carefully, very carefully, he walked round, probing the walls of the shaft with a tentative finger. Satisfied all was well, he levered open an inspection hatch and cautiously peered inside. It was then that he heard the noise he feared most. Down there. Let's find Mr. Harris. We can't just leave him down there. What are we going to do? Okay, don't go after him. Oh, Doctor, no. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> David, you wouldn't let me go down there on my own, would you? Well, yeah. Uh, well, well, no. Oh. Oh, Doctor, you can't. You don't know what's down there. While Victoria panicked, in the communications room, news of the arrival of an important visitor had been received. Miss Megan Jones? Just. Just leaving the reception now, right? Thank you. Oh, Mr. Harris. Mr. Harris, we've been looking for you everywhere. What is it, Bryce? Are you all right, sir? Yes. Yes, just tired. Is there any news of my wife? I'm afraid not, sir. You didn't find her? Uh, oh, Mr. Harris. Yes? The director, Miss Megan Jones, is leaving reception on her way here now, sir. I see. Thank you, Bryce. Where's Mr. Van Lutyens? In the impeller area, I think, sir. Right. Forever impetuous, I descended into the impeller shaft with Jamie. I might have shown less bravado if I'd known that Mr. White Gloves and his silent friend, Mr. Quill, were now operating the lift controls. This is terrible. 
Do you mean to say they both went down inside that shop? I couldn't stop them. They went to look for Mr. Van Lutchen. What? What has happened to them? Mr. Harris, thank goodness you're back. Mr. Van Lutchen went down inside the impeller shop to try and find out what was blocking the pipeline. Yes? He didn't come back. Now the doctor and the boy have gone down there. Tell me what? Get them up at once! Stop the lift! I'm sorry, sir. It's too Accompanied by a guard, Miss Megan Jones, the expected and very important visitor, made her way through the compound. Trotting at her side was Perkins, her secretary. Then what's all this about? Just an internal squabble, I'd say. Harris is a bright man. I sent him down here thinking he might gain from Robson's practical experience. Obviously, the two haven't hit it off together. So we're pouring oil. Politics? Let's go and see, shall we? What do we said, hurry? Well, anyway, we can get them up, Chief. Well, we can't use the lift in case they want to get back in a hurry. But is the ladder inside the pipeline? Mr. Harris! Yes, what is it, sir? Megan Jones has arrived, sir. Oh, I see. Thank you. Chief, uh, you'd better come with me. I'm going to need some support when I talk to Megan Jones. All right. Well, what about Jamie and the doctor? There isn't a great deal we can do at the moment, I'm afraid. Oak, as soon as they signal, bring them up. And if there's any sign of trouble, come and get me. You could rely on her. Come on, Chief. Be all right. I mean, is it safe? Oh, yes, miss. Don't you worry about a thing. We'll take care of everything, won't we, Mr. Quill? <laughs> What you say to that, Perkins? Oh, well, it's true. Can't be serious, Mr. Harris. These creatures have been seen in the refinery itself. By some half-witted doctor and a couple of teenagers. And by me. You've seen them. Yes, Miss Jones. I have seen them. I understand your wife had some sort of accident. I know this must have been a considerable shock to you, and I can't understand. I've been seen. Believe me, there are things you don't know. I know that throughout the southern region, receiving stations are working on emergency supplies. What are we going to do about it? At present, there's nothing we can do about it. One by one, we're losing contact with the rigs out at sea. Then I suggest you send someone out there to see what's going on. All right. Have I your permission to call out air defense? Certainly not, this is not a national emergency. Use the company helicopter. But you don't understand what's going on. you do as I say. Right. Yes, sir. Get me the helicopter hanger, please. The bigger one. Now, Mr. Harris, I think I'll have a talk with Chief Robson. Oh, I'm sorry. I think... Well, he's not very well. Not well? In what way? Uh, Something happened to him. Uh, That's all I can tell you. What
What happened? I... I don't know. I just don't know. Urgently, I pressed the lift recall button, and although the emergency warning light flashed on the control at the top of the impeller shaft, there wasn't anyone to respond. Victoria, Mr. Oak, and Mr. Quill had disappeared. PDQ calling ring D. PDQ calling ring D. Come in, please. Can you hear me? It's no use. There won't be a reply. Don't be a fool, man. We must keep trying. If there are men out on those rigs, there must be a reply. Yes, but we don't know. We've already lost contact with three of our drilling rigs. And you say there's definitely something down in the impeller shop blocking the flow. You've checked the impeller. Chief. Not the impeller. We checked every last nut and bolt. Whatever it is, it's down there in that shaft. In the impeller control area, a door-marked pipeline room opened, and out stepped Mr. Oak and Mr. Quill. For some reason, they looked very satisfied with themselves. Although they could clearly both see the flashing lift emergency warning light, they ignored it and quickly left the room. A moment later, Jamie and I managed to drag ourselves to the top of the impeller shaft. You all right? Yes, sir. I think so. Oh, what a climb. It's a weed. It must fill the entire shop. Oh, it's moving pretty quick, eh? Let's get out of the case. Where's Victoria? I don't know. No wonder they didn't see the lift shop. Signal, there's no one here. Victoria wouldn't desert us. No. Unless she'd been persuaded to. Jamie, I think we'd better go and look for her. Come on. You go that way, I'll get this. Right. Foam and weed on all the rigs. According to the helicopter pilot. And no sign of life at all. So fantastic. What on earth are we going to do? Save the lives of the men on all the other rigs. How? Give me permission to evacuate them. What? And they blow every one of the rigs to pieces right out of the sea. You must be out of your mind. This shows you really can't agree to such a thing. The minister. We have to. The men's lives are more important than any one of those rigs. The minister would never that agree. You ask me to destroy years of hard work, skill, and government money like that? I'm asking you to destroy this evil that's in the sea before it's too late. Bomb the rigs, I implore you. No! No! Never! You leave those rigs alone! They're mine! They're mine! I tell you, mine! Rotten, what's the matter with you? Can't you see? They're getting at me. They're mine. I built them my own flesh and blood. They're mine. They're my life. They want to destroy everything. They think in that way they can destroy me. We won't allow it. We? Who, Robson? Who? Hmm? My... I don't know. My... Chief. Chief. Are you all right, Robson? Yes, I'm all right, 
I don't know. I don't know. Now. Drop! Let him go. The strain must have affected his mind. Oh, it's not that, I can assure you. Doctor. And who are you? Well, Doctor, I'd almost forgotten. What about Juan Luchens? Did you... I haven't Have you any idea what happened? Yes. Jamie and I nearly joined him. The hole at the bottom of the impeller shaft is, is covered in weed and foam. What happened to Mr. Van Lutyen? And Mr. Robson? I'm afraid that Mr. Robson is being controlled by some force that emanates from this weed. That's incredible. That's what we've said so far about everything the doctor has told us. But each time he's been proved right. I think it's about time we started to believe him. All right. The least I can do is listen. Victoria! Victoria, it's me, Cheney. Where are you? Victoria! You think this seaweed, or whatever it is, is a living organism capable of exercising telepathic control? Yes. But seaweed's a vegetable matter. Everyone knows that. This is a struggle for power, Miss Jones. Matter over mind. I'm convinced that all these people, Mrs. Harris, Chief Robson, Miss Van Lutems, have all been overcome in this struggle, and goodness knows how many more people. But where does the weed get this intelligence from, Doctor? From the human brain. It's parasitic. You mean the creatures have taken over human beings? I don't know, but they've certainly become part of the colony. Mr. Harris, control ring. Control ring. Coming. Coming. Yes, back to where you are. Mr. Harris, for pity's sake, they're all around us. What are you? What's happening? These things. They're everywhere. They're all stolen. Every living thing. Mr. Harris. Back step, back step, can you hear me? Ah! Get us out of here! Somebody get us out of here! Two days, two, call the control rigs. Come in, please. Come in, please. Victoria! 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 That's square one. Must be somewhere. You tricked me. That's not fair. It's not. I was unconscious. Yeah, uh, what happened? Those two engineers, they must have... What engineers? Well, you know, the... the, the I'm a little one. You mean the two that were um, with the swing? Yes, yes, that's right. Oh, I, I don't remember. I must have passed out. I'll get my hands on them. You know, the doctor and me, we were nearly... Oh, well, never mind about that. Oh, Jamie... Why are we always getting into trouble like this? It's the same everywhere we go. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm just fed up. I'm tired of one crisis on top of another. I just want some peace and quiet. But Victoria, 
You're not happy with the doctor and myself? Oh, yes. Yes, I am, but... I just... What's the matter? Listen. What's the matter? Listen, Jamie. What is it? Can't you hear it? That noise again. Yes, but where's it coming from? Victoria, look. The control rig gone. We can draw only one conclusion. The weed is trying to take over all the rigs and form one vast colony. With what objective? The saturation of the British islands and perhaps in time the entire planet. That's impossible. Oh, yes. Unless we can find the nerve center and destroy it. But how can we possibly do that? It could be anywhere out there in the North Sea. Yes, that is the difficulty. Doctor! What is it? Look at the pipeline! Wait! Oh, wait! Oh, wait! 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 Visible in a transparent section of tube, the thrashing mix of foam, weed, and groping tendrils surged and throbbed. What was more, we all knew it was only a matter of time before it broke out and dominated our minds. Episode 5. Feed HQ calling Rig B. Can you hear me? Well, keep trying, man. You're wasting your time, Miss Jones. By now, all those rigs will have been taken over by the wheat colony. I don't care about the rigs. What's happened to the crews? Then we've got to destroy the rigs. No. Oh, no, we don't do that. Why not? Well, that would spread this menace over a wide area and make it impossible to attack it. Well, what are we going to do? Uh, what is the weed going to do? What can it do? Well, let's think. I imagine that in the first place, the weed was drawn up by one of the drilling rigs. No, no, anything that comes up from the bores would be cleared by the engineers at source, otherwise it would block the pumps. Precisely. And the engineers who cleared it must have touched it, yes? Yes. So they must have been among the first to be controlled. And since then, this attack, and it is an attack, has followed a set pattern. How do you mean? Top priority people have been attacked first. If your theory is correct, the weed now controls two people who know the entire layout and structure of this whole compound. Yes, I'm very much afraid that is true. Robson was here not long ago. We must find him and prevent them using him for his own sake as well as ours. Yes, I agree. Price, get security to search the entire compound. I want Mr. Robson found and put under armed guard in his cabin. Very good, Doctor. There's one thing that doesn't fit in with your theory. I don't that. When Victoria was locked in the oxygen room, now she's nothing to do with the personnel here. Yes, that's something that's been puzzling me, too. But she disturbed somebody who was interfering with the oxygen yes. supply. Someone wearing a gas mask. Now, now, supposing that person was under the control of the weed, 
He was wearing a gas mask for one reason only. Because to him, pure oxygen would be toxic? Exactly, Mr. Harris. Well, then we can use the oxygen as a weapon against the weed. Well, it's, it's only a theory at the moment. Well, as Mr. Harris said before, you've been right so far. There's no reason why you shouldn't be now. Oh, how nice to be trusted. Well, I only hope I am right. Outside the oxygen store door, Mr. Oak and Mr. Quill adjusted their gas masks before entering. Good. Please that he stays there. Mr. Harris? Yes? They found Mr. Robson. Good. Where? In his cabin, lying on his bunk, apparently. Oh, well, that's a relief. There's a guard at the door, sir. Good. I want to see Mr. Robson. Robson? But he's ill. He won't be able to... I want to see him. But you've seen him already. Surely you could see he was in no fit state to help us in any way. I fully realize that, Mr. Harris, but we're old friends. He might talk to me. There's just a possibility he may know something that could help us. I see. All right, but I'm coming with you. Robson's in an unpredictable state at the moment. He could be violent. All right. You come too, Patrick. Yes, Monsieur. Oh, if anything happens, Price, anything at all, I'll be with Miss Jones in Mr. Robson's cabin. Very good, sir. Chief, how about them? But why don't you get the minister to call up the national defences? What exactly do you suppose the armed forces could do? Well, uh, attack this, this weed or whatever it is. How? If we attack the rig, what about the men out there? But we don't know they are there. Equally, we don't know that they aren't. They could be prisoners, anything. But anyway, if we blow the rigs out of the sea, there's no guarantee we'll end this nightmare. It might well spread the minister to the doctor's suggestion. This way, please, Miss Jones. Right. And come along, Perkins. Don't look so worried, man. You might as well go home. If you please, Harris. Miss Jones, I'd rather you let me or Perkins come in with you. No. Now, don't fuss, Harris. I'll be perfectly all right. Can you tell us what happened? No. John, listen to me. We can't help you unless you help us. Can't help. No one can help. Yes, we can, John, if you let us. Now, whatever it is that's affecting you, you've got to fight it. Can't fight. You've got to fight it, can't John. Can't fight it. Now, come on, Robson. Robson! Now, listen to me. I'm director of the board. I put you in charge of this area, and I can just as easily send you back to the rigs. Do you understand me, Robson? Now, pull yourself together, man. Megan. Pull yourself together. Megan, now. Uh, Megan, help me. Help. Help. Help me, Megan. John, help. It's all right, John. Miss Jones. John, can you hear me? Can you hear me? It's as if he was in a trance. Hypnotized. I thought for a minute he was rational. I think we'd better let him rest. Oh. 
Harris, is there nothing we can do to help you? No, the doctor couldn't help my... my wife, so I'm sure there's no. nothing... No, he... no, of course not. As far as I can see, the only thing we can do is to destroy this weed. Come on. He does look worried this time. He's beginning to give me the willies. Yes. I wish we could go back to the TARDIS. Leave all this trouble behind. We couldn't do that. You know, a doctor never leaves these people. Well, not well, I know, I know. Victoria, you're not going to start again, are you? Look, the doctor's got enough trouble as it is. Let him just sit and work it out. Anyway, he says there's an obvious answer to this seaweed stuff. Answer? What do you mean? Oh, well, you're fighting it. Well, that obvious, he'd have thought of it by now. Right. Well, Doctor, have you thought of a way in which we can attack this weed? Doctor! Oh, Miss Jones, no, I'm afraid I haven't. Well, have you any idea what it might do next? Well, I think it has little alternative but to attack us here. Here? But why? Because this is the gas distribution center. It'll want to gain control of it. We must find a way of attacking its nerve center before it does. But where is the nerve center? That's the trouble. We don't know. We're not sure yet quite how to destroy it, are we? No, but there, there is something at the back of my mind. Well, what about the oxygen? Yes, that is a possibility. Then we must put the oxygen supply room under guard. Right. As Robson lay on his bed, his mind filled with a strange, not unpleasing sensation. Then slowly, like a radio being tuned, he became aware of a voice. To his amazement, it was giving him instructions. Yes. Yes. Robson climbed from the bed, crossed the door, and opened it. It was the expression on Robson's face that first surprised the guards. But it was the massive oral discharge of toxic gas which overwhelms them. <laughs> Pausing only to take further instructions from the voice inside his head, he made his way along the corridor. Whole of the oxygen store? Yes, sir. There are no reserves left at all. They seem to be one step ahead of us all the time. Yes, I was right. Someone amongst us here is under the control of the weed. You mean apart from Robson and Van Lutyens? Yes, I'm afraid so. How will we find out who they are? I don't know. That's the difficulty. Right, well, we must have a personnel check. Now, there's a fingerprint file in security. Yes. Doctor, I shall need your help. Although paranoia was now beginning to run high, there was nothing abnormal about Victoria's observation. Slipping out of the room were Mr. Oak and Mr. Quill. Pointing them out to Jamie, they followed the duo into the corridor. Hey, you two, just a moment. Stop! Hey, go back! Don't get away from me! Back you! Jamie leapt onto Quill's back and pulled him to the floor. While Mr. Oak scurried away, Jamie and Quill wrestled but the burst of toxic gas that suddenly exploded in Jamie's face brought a more vicious, dangerous aspect to their tussle. As Victoria screamed, Jamie lashed out and caught his opponent the slightest of glancing blows. 
Much to my surprise, Quill collapsed, unconscious. Didn't know what happened, did he? Yes, Jamie, I'm... I'm sorry, right. There's a wee bit of pile up in the old McKinnon punch yet. I'm sorry to disillusion you, Jamie, but I don't think it was the punch that did it. Mr. Harris, what is it? I think you better come, sir. Quickly. As the others went back to the communications room, Jamie and I looked out at Mr. Quill. The mass of fern-like fronds hanging from his sleeve started to retract. I sensed something very important was happening. What's the trouble? The pipeline room. But it's incredible. Why can't we do something? We'll have to trust this strange doctor. He's the only one who seems to be able to anticipate events. Don't you think that in itself is suspect? He's our only hope. They ran to the pipeline room, arriving at the same moment we did. What's happened to it, Doctor? It's beginning to expand like it did in the TARDIS. Is there no way of stopping it? No, I, I should have thought of this. But you mean this horrible stuff's growing all the time? I'm very much afraid so. Mr. Harrisot, Mr. Harris, Mr. Robson's broken out of his cabin. It's attacked the dog. Doctor, look at that! Suddenly, the transparent section of the pipe fractured and out surged foam, weed, and the great weed creature itself. Rapidly, it spread across the floor, engulfing everything it touched. Right, everyone back! Back, everyone back! Come along. Mr. Jones, I think it's time you went. Come along. Chaos suddenly broke out as the safety door started to close and an indecipherable voice shouted orders over the public address system. The confusion was added to by technicians who, covered in foam and weed, staggered blindly around. As we were about to follow Miss Jones into the impeller room, the safety door slammed, trapping Jamie and me on the wrong side. Quickly, I rushed to another set of closing doors and threw myself between them. As Jamie scrambled to safety, I suddenly realized we had lost Victoria. Now what do we do? We must look for Victoria. You go that way, I'll go this. I was right to be concerned. In a nearby corridor, Robson, dragging Victoria, crashed through an exit door and threw her into the back of a parked vehicle. Like a man possessed, for that's what he was, Robson raced along the cliff road towards a waiting helicopter. Thank you.
Almost skidding, he drove off the road, slithered to a halt and jumped out. Pulling the semi-conscious Victoria behind him, they crossed to the helicopter and climbed on board. Mr. Harris? What is it? Mr. Robson has just taken off. He's trying to get away in one of the company helicopters. What? I'm afraid he's got your young girl with him. Oh, no. Can I speak to him yes. from here? Hi, switch to our team. Yes, this one? Yes. Robson. Robson? Robson, listen to me. Can you hear me? Robson, come back, man. Come back. Robson, don't you realize what they're trying to do to you? They're trying to get control. Now listen to me. Robson. Listen. Listen. I have the girl. She's my prisoner. She's my hostage. You understand? If you want her to live, come over to us. Come over to us. Robson. Robson! Christopher. What did he mean? Come over to us. Well, that's exactly what he said. You mean they want you? Yes, they must think I'm a serious menace. But you won't go, surely. But of course. But we need you here. You're our only hope. Doctor, we can't leave T. Victoria. Now we've got to do something to stop him. You can't go with that man. You can see he's not responsible. Oh, Jamie's right. We've got to go after him. Yes, you can use a company helicopter. Harris! we let this man go now, what hope have we got? Miss Jones, I have a feeling that Mr. Robson is going to lead us to the nerve center of the colony. Right, tell the helicopter crew to stand by. Doctor, come with me. I'll get you some transport. While we made our way to the helipad, Harris tracked Robson's helicopter. Good. Thank you, Price. Tell them not to lose touch. Oh, and Price, the doctor and the boy, are they airborne yet? No, sir. They're just approaching the airfield. Within minutes, we were in the air. I looked down and saw the deceptive beauty of the breakers as we skimmed low over the sea. As a rule, I didn't worry about my young companions. Most of them were more than capable of looking after themselves. But this time it was different. This time I sensed real danger. See you, Robson? Uh, no. Can't see anything here. All right, listen carefully. We managed to track him on the radar scope. He's just landed on the control rig complex. Control rig complex. Oh, what? Say again. We are proceeding there now. What chance have they got? Your guess is as good as mine. What do we do now? We sit and wait. But we if can't... The doctor hasn't done something within an hour. I'm evacuating the compound. No, and that's final, Miss Jones. Jimmy! There's the control rig complex. Hey, doctor. One of those towers is all covered in white. Yes, it's both. 
And like an irresponsible fool, I kicked a rope ladder out of the helicopter and started to climb down. Once Jamie had reached the ground, we made our way to the nearest structure, hoping we had chosen the right one. So far, so good, Jamie. But the driver, will he wait for us? Oh, yes, he said he'd hang around. Where do we go from here? Well, I think we'll... We're already in the lion's den. What we've got to concentrate on is keeping our heads out of his mouth. Be a trap. My feet. Let's be cautious just in case, eh? I threw open the door to a cabin. At the far end of the room was the seething mass of foam. In its midst stood Robson, the weed creature's tentacles snaking around him.
Episode 6. What do you want with me? You are going to help our new masters. They need you. Uh, need me? You are going to help with the conquest of the human planet. Did you realize what they've done to you? They're trying to control your mind, man. The mind does not exist. It is tired. It is dead. It is obsolete. Only our new masters can offer us life. Matter will never conquer mind. It's against the law of nature. Human body does not exist. Soon we shall all be one. Escape. You must join us. You oh. must join us. You will join us. Say again, Victoria. No! 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 And as earlier with Mr. Oak, Robson began to withdraw from Victoria's scream. Hold on. It's time we got out. Yeah? Oh, no, no, no. I think it's all right now. The helicopter's waiting. Come along. Mind the stairs, they're slippery. Well, where's the helicopter, then? I can't see anything except the awful phone. Oh, don't worry, Victoria. It won't hurt you. There it is. Oh, hey! 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 Oh, hey! oh can't he see us? Uh, probably not. Uh, he's probably just too scared. Oh, Jamie! Can we get this archway covered? Oh. We can't hang around here. Oh. The helicopter will never see us. Who oh, will never get off the rig without it? There's Robson's helicopter in there. But they haven't got a driver. Oh. I've been dying to get my hands on one of those things. Come on. Oh. Go on. And what followed was one of the most terrifying experiences of my lives. Fortunately, the pilot who had brought us to the rig 
noticed I was having, well, small problems. So, via the radio, he gave me one or two pointers on how to fly the wretched machine. Oh, oh, stick back, stick back. Turn it down a bit. Forward. Right pedal down. Right pedal. Not too much, not too much. Try and keep the nose on the horizon. We won't hear from the doctor or any of them. We must evacuate the compound. No. We've said an hour. He's got ten more minutes. But even if he does come back, what good can he do? The only possible weapon we might have used against the weed has been destroyed. That was your entire stock of oxygen, was it? Yes. Right. Perkins, get on to London to the defense minister. I want a full red alert on this now. Tell him what's happened and ask him to arrange as many tankers of oxygen as he can muster to be sent here immediately. Yes, sir. They won't be in time. We must evacuate the compound. The pipeline room is a mass of weed and foam. You've seen how rapidly it reproduces. It could swamp the entire it compound at any moment. It hasn't yet, and, and when it, it does, we stay here. And when it does attack, how do you expect to fight it? With what weapons? Perhaps I can answer those questions, Mr. Harris. Doctor! Oh, thank heavens you're alive. What about Robson? Did you find him? Aye, uh, we found him all right. And my wife? Well, we didn't see her, no. No. There's not much hope, is there? What can we do? How can we fight this hideous thing? You say there's not much hope. I believe there is. But even if we succeed in fighting off the weeds, what about... What about those people already affected by it? Well, on our way back here, we stopped off at the Medicare Center. The man that Jamie fought with in the corridor has almost completely recovered. What? Yes, the weed growth on his arm has disappeared and died. He's removed. He's dazed. But he's alive. How? Why? What killed the weed? Noise. Sound vibration. How did you find out? <laughs> Victoria discovered it. Did? But yes, you screamed. I screamed? It's her scream, her particular pattern of sound that does the trick. So that's why the crews on the rig spoke softly, the noise affected them. Very possibly. Now, before you evacuate this compound, just give me one half hour. Mr. Reddick is too great. The entire compound is alive with seaweed. Half an hour won't make that much difference. Doctor, what do you think we can do? We make a noise, Miss Jones. We make an awful lot of noise. Too late. We'll never stop it now. But we've got to. It may be too late. It's impossible, I tell you. It's seeping in from every corner of the compound. Yes, but if we can destroy the weed nerve center... But you said yourself you don't know where the nerve center is. But we do. It's here. That's the control ring. Precisely. We must generate enough sound to penetrate the control ring. But how will you get it there? That way. 
through the pipeline. This is the only way to help your wife and all those other people. I realize that, but there isn't time. Oh, please, just one half hour. Right. What's happening in the pipeline room? A switch was flicked, and on a VDU screen, we saw the seething mass of foam and weed. Oh, no. Half an hour. Yes, that's about all we've got. But you're right, we must try. Oh, thank you. Now then, Mr. Price, uh, where do all these big leads go to? Oh, hmm? these transmitter and loudspeakers down below, I see. What is it all about, Doctor? Well, if we can boost this equipment to transmit enough sound down the pipeline, we can destroy the weed's nerve center. But you think this idea will work? Have you got a, a tape recorder or something? Yes, yes. Uh, Victoria, <coughs> I want you to scream. He will record it. Make a, a loop of it so that we can repeat it endlessly. Yes. Right up. Uh, I hope he knows what he's doing. Sure. Of course he does. I think. Mr. Harris, the impeller shaft. You men, quick. Oh, come on, Doctor. Look there. As we worked, the weed creature broke through the main pipe into the impeller room. Uh, take these magnetized speakers and attach okay. them to the pipe right over there. Okay, give me a hand. Right, ready, Miss Now, scream into this. Now. What, now? Yes, yes, there's no moment to lose. Uh, I, I can't. It, it's silly. No, 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 please, please. Oh, You're doctor! But what Victoria was screaming about was real. For what she had seen was the growing split in the panel of the impeller room door. Suddenly the split widened and foam and weed poured in, spreading across the floor like a carpet of death, engulfing all before it. Keep away! Followed by the chief engineer, Harris ran into the corridor, but there was little that they could do. Back, chief. The huge weed creature slid along the floor, surrounded by a phalanx of smaller weeds discharging toxic gas. Close all doors! Quickly, they returned to the control area, only to find the impeller room door had been completely destroyed. 
allowing an even greater volume of foam to pour in. I had no other choice than to wade through the froth towards Blake and the amplifier control unit. Pick it up, man! Pick it up! Oh! oh. Hold that, Jamie! But his mind had been frozen by fear. The connect the switch! Come on! With a noise like a million souls in torment, the foam and weed retreated rapidly from the room. Even the great weed creature itself could not resist the onslaught from the speakers. All it could do was ineffectively wave its tentacles as, humiliated, it slithered away. But Victoria's tears were interrupted by an image of Controller Robson and Maggie Harris appearing on the screen of a communication monitor. Yes, Mr. Harris, we can. Yes, darling, we oh, can hear you. Good. Are you all well? Has the weed gone? The weed? Oh, yes. Yes, it's gone. It's, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. What about Van Lutjens? I, I don't suppose you... No, he's fine. He's well. Darling, we're all all right. I promise you. They're all right. Quiet, everybody. Quiet. Mr. Robson, we're sending out one of the company helicopters to you right away. You'll be back with us in less than an hour. You'll be back Later, a celebration was held, but I sensed a certain unease. <laughs> oh, I should have listened to you in the first place, Mr. Harris. Oh, I doubt it would have helped. As it turned out, we were lucky we didn't tamper with the weed. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, the next time you asked me to get something from your desk, you wouldn't do it yourself. <laughs> well, I think I wanted to keep you locked up, Doctor. Well, lots of people have tried. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a very splendid dinner, Mrs. Harris. 
Nelson, excuse me. I'm... Oh, really? Oh, dear. Oh, there we are. Uh, see you in the morning, Doctor? Well, um... No, no. As a matter of fact, we, we must be on our way. Oh, dear. Where are you going? Well, we, we haven't quite decided yet. Now, even if we had, it wouldn't make any difference. We wouldn't get there. Not with him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever around here again, do drop in. <coughs> In the front gate this time, just to avoid any unfortunate incident. <laughs> yes, I can well. Bye, Mr. Robinson. Bye-bye. Good Bye, night. Goodbye to you, Mr. Robinson. Well, uh, I think it's time we went. Uh, Jamie, uh, Victoria? Hey, Victoria. Wakey, wakey. What's the matter? You don't want to come with us, do you, Victoria? I don't know. I don't really want to leave you. Well, I, I suspected as much. Would you mind? Victoria, you uh, can't. Just a minute, Jenny. You mean you, you want us to stay here and, and settle down, hmm? Well, if you want to, you, you must. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. Uh, Mrs. Harris, I... I wonder if you'd mind if, if Victoria stayed with you for a little while. You see, she's got no parents or home, and well, of it course. is a bit difficult. We'd be delighted to have you for as long as you want to stay. Oh, would you? Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, um, and Jamie and I will stay for another day, just in case you want to think again. Look, we'll talk it over later. Now, Jamie, she must make up her own mind. It's her own life. It's her decision. I... Thank you, Rigby. Normal functional, all channel. Control checks positive. I'm closing down now. All communications remain on standby. All right, right. Oh, yes, thank you, sir. Back to normal. Relief? Uh, crews on their way, sir. If you could do with a bit of shutter, eye, eh? Well, I don't know. I think I'm a bit past it. Go out like a light, eh? Mm, probably. Chief still here? Yes, in the impeller room, sir. Good night, guys. Good night, sir. Hello, oh, Chief. Mr. Robson. Sound of the bell, eh? Almost, sir. Almost? Still half a point off capacity. Is it? The main control valve was slightly damaged. They're working at it now. We'll be up to our normal output in the morning. Still one or two minor repairs to be done? Not tonight, Chief. Oh, why not? Get some sleep. Don't argue. Leave it to the relief. All right. Very lot think you're going. Another three minutes before your relief arrives. Right to know you're back to normal, sir. If I didn't know you better, Chief, I would swear you were giving me lip. Oh, I wouldn't dream of doing that, sir. Wouldn't you? Right, Chief. Good night, sir. You're not tired? No. No, I'm fine. Not tired at all. Do you know what the doctor's just gone and done? He's only gone down to the beach for a swim. Get to us. You're still not sure, are you? But it doesn't make it any easier, leaving you and the doctor. I've been together a long time now. Has the doctor said anything to you? No, no. You know what it's like, he wouldn't. 
It leaves in people making up their own minds. Victoria, do you think you'll be happy here? Oh, I think so, Dan. The Harrises are very nice people. Yes, I know that, but they're not from your time, are they? I wouldn't be at ease back in Victorian times. I had no parents or family left there anyway. That's true. Jamie. Yes? You wouldn't go without saying goodbye, would you? Of course not. That won't be till the morning anyway. Good night, Victoria. Good night, Jamie. On the beach, we made our farewells. I felt sad. I'd miss Victoria very much. Jamie was young and strong. He'd been a warrior. He didn't yet understand that people grow very tired of fighting. That's what had happened to Victoria. We turned and waved for the last time before climbing into the dinghy and rowing back to the TARDIS. Yes, I'd miss Victoria very much. And although he would never actually admit it, so would Jamie. We can't just leave her. We are not leaving her, Jamie. It was her decision to stay. She'll be quite all right with the Harrises. Now, don't worry so much, Jamie. I'm not. I'm just... Oh, come on, let's go. Now, where would you like to go? Couldn't kill less. I was fond of her too, you know, Jamie. from the Deep was written by Victor Pemberton. It was produced by Peter Bryant and directed by Hugh David. The presenter was Tom Baker and linking narrative and cassette production by Eric Saywood.